This morning we're looking at Daniel, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at the story, what well, the story that we say of, of, they call it the story of the three Hebrew children. Now these weren't little children, these were young adult men I'm sure. But uh, the name of these three guys is called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you're looking for names for your kids, you can start there. <laughs> but... Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were with the children of Israel who were sent into captivity and away from their homeland. And um, There's this king that uh, they're under. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is a self-centered psycho in many, many ways. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar built this big statue that they want. He demanded that everyone would bow and worship this statue. Uh, and the rule was whenever the musicians would play, everyone all over the land would have to get down and bow down and worship this stupid stone statue because that's what Nebuchadnezzar told them to do. Well, when they started doing this, of course, everybody would bow down except for these guys. They wouldn't do it because they had determined in their heart that they're going to do the right thing and they're going to serve God. And God says, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. So even though they were respectful to the king, they wouldn't play the game. Of course, it got them in trouble, and they got pulled before the king, and the threat was, of course, that if you didn't do it, they would kill you. And uh, their choice of killing these people was to throw them into a fiery furnace, a very, very hot furnace. And, uh, you know, and by throwing people in, this, was, of course, would put fear and terror in everyone else. So they would all continue to bow down and do whatever the king said, or you would wind up as a crispy critter. All right. Now, um, of course, they wouldn't do it. And then we read in Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 16, where these guys got pulled in. And it says here that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Fear. It is the greatest hindrance to faith that there is. Before a person can ever get to a place of faith, the place where God moves with his unlimited power in your life, before you get there, fear must be dealt with. It has to be halted, neutralized, and made ineffective in your life. As long as fear has a grip on you, you will not be able to get a grip on the miracle that you need in your life. Now the three guys in our text this morning were faced with certain death. Fascinating to read what they said. We're going to take a real close look at it this morning. But in the face of that death, they made some proclamations. First of all, they said, if we're thrown into the fiery furnace, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But then they go on to say, secondly, that our God is able to deliver us and he will rescue us. And then the third proclamation says, even if he doesn't, even if he does not, we're not going to bow to your stupid idol. Now today I want to focus on these phrases, particularly I want to start with this phrase of, uh, uh, you know, uh, if our God does not, even if he does not. Now why in the world would they make such a statement? 
Well, if you continue to read the story, you will see that these guys were, in fact, tossed into the fiery furnace. And uh, miraculously, they walked around untouched. They did not die. And this fire was so hot, the Bible says even the guys that were stoking the fire got so hot that they died. The guys who were trying to throw them in perished. It was unbelievably hot. The king was so furious at these guys. And they throw them in. And of course then the king, after a bit, went to take a look to see their charred bodies lying in there. But as he looked down, he saw that they were walking around inside pretty freaky and in fact it was not only that they were walking around he says we threw in three but now i see four it was four guys walking around now and uh he says and that fourth one is like looks like the son of god we don't know if it was the lord himself or an angel or whatever but this was a pretty impressive deal and then of course then he calls them to come out the bible says there wasn't even so much as the smell of smoke on their clothing so indeed an incredible miracle but the first thing i want to point out is that the if God does not deliver us um, was on the part of him not delivering. In other words, they said God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't. Uh, why is that significant? Because a lot of us, we figure we're going to fail, but if God saves us. You see the difference? You know, the doctor says, you're sick, you're going to die. Your, your uh, attorney says that you're going to lose everything in a lawsuit. Your financial guy says, you're going to go bankrupt. Oh, it's going to be horrible. So, but if God will just save us. See, that's the way we think. But these guys said, no, God's going to save us. But if he doesn't, big difference. See, the if was on not getting saved. Not if God will save me. So that's the first thing you have to understand. You've got to get that if over on the other side. You've got to get all if God will help me. God's going to help you. God will always help you. God will always deliver you. He will always be there for you. You've got to get that. The exception would be if he doesn't. Big, big, big deal. Now secondly, the reason I believe these guys were able to receive this miracle is because they uttered the words even if he doesn't. Because in doing so, they were able to diffuse the greatest enemy to faith, which is fear. You see, if you're afraid, you cannot have faith. And if you don't have faith, you can't receive your miracle. And if there's one phrase that appears over and over again throughout the Bible, it's this. Don't fear. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Usually the first thing that every angel ever said to people when they appeared was quit freaking out. Because they were all freaked out. Either because of the thing that they were facing, or just the fact that this angel appeared. They'd all go, ah! And they would all freak out. First thing he would say is, calm down! Quit freaking! Why? Because if you can't quit freaking, you're not going to hear anything. You're not going to receive anything. Now the reason I'm preaching this this morning is I know some of you have been having some real challenges lately. And and, uh, things have been thrown at you that are kind of throwing you back a little bit. Some of you uh, facing some big fearful challenges in your life, be they financial challenges or in your family challenges. Some uh, recently in our congregation have been told by doctors that they have discovered cancer. And, uh, and I want to encourage you uh, in this message today that the first thing you have to start with before you get to your miracle, we'll get to your miracle, okay? But the first thing you have to deal with before you can get there is you have to neutralize the fear. You have to always remember this. It's faith that brings miracles. Not complaining. Not self-pity. Not whining. Not crying. Indeed, if crying and whining and complaining would bring miracles, people would be overrun with miracles in their lives. 
Because everybody freaks and cries and complains. And it's almost as we think, well, God will feel sorry for me. Oh, God, look at me, God, my life stinks. <laughs> and we think that somehow God will go, you know, I feel sorry for you. I will bring your miracle. But that's not how it works. We read in, in the Gospels, a story in the Gospel of Mark. A woman had come to Jesus. We'll pick it up in, in Matthew, the fifth chapter. It says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Jesus was walking through this crowd. And she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all the money she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Well, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Well, his disciples said, you see the people crowding against you and you ask, who touched me? You who? Pay attention. Everybody's touching you. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. Now she's with fear because she's afraid she'd get in trouble for doing what she did. But she didn't start out in fear. She had this confidence. If I can just touch him, I know I'll be whole. And he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. The Bible tells us that multitudes followed Jesus. Thousands and thousands of people. Here they are, this big crowd. All the clamor, all the noise, all the emotion, all the crying. (laughs) Help me! But it was faith that got Jesus' attention. In the midst of all that racket, all of a sudden, whoa, who touched me? You see, that's what got his attention. Faith, not wailing, not hollering, not crying. You say, well, Pastor Mark, the, the, the Bible says in Proverbs, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ear is attentive to their cry. True, it says cry, but not crying. When Jesus said that if the people would not praise him, that the rocks would cry out, he didn't think they would just bawl up and <laughs> wasn't crying, it was cry out, calling out. Are you saying it's not okay to cry? I'm not saying that. I think crying can be good, necessary, an emotional release. There's times when I pray and I cry my little Puerto Rican eyeballs out. And there's nothing wrong with that. But make make no mistake, I am under no delusion thinking that if I cry, God will somehow feel sorry for me. And I'll get my miracle. It just doesn't work that way. Indeed, if it did, lots of people would have miracles. Because lots of people cry. Too many people, when faced with a crisis in their lives, turn to God and pour out buckets of tears. Many of those tears being the result, sadly, of fear and self-pity. And then they hope for a miracle. Again, it just doesn't work that way. The Bible says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible to please God. You cannot get God's attention. You can't get a miracle in your life. Impossible if you don't have faith, period. That does not mean God is not caring. God cares, no question about it. Does it mean that we're not caring? We care for you. You come, we'll cry with you. We'll have a big crying party if that's what it takes. You know, the Bible says weep with those that weep. And that, I'm not making fun. I mean, seriously, come on, cry. We'll cry together. I'll cry with you. 
Get that emotional release. Sometimes you got to just get past that first. But it's not crying that's going to make things change in your life. You've got to get to a place of faith. Jesus told us this. He says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. You have to be able to speak to the mountain you're facing with confidence and boldness. Without fear. You can't just point at the mountain and start crying. Nothing will happen. You'll just get wet. So, Pastor Mark, how do I get past my fear? This is what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to show you how to do it. You do it by doing what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They looked at the worst case scenario. God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we don't care. We just don't care. Even if God doesn't do anything, we will not bow. We will not bend. We will not be afraid. We're not bowing to your stupid idol. You have to overcome fear by making an active choice. I will not be afraid. And the best way to do it is look at what might be and say, I don't care. I just don't care. Now, I'm not saying that you just give up. I'm not talking about that at all. In fact, lots of people just give up. That's not faith. I'm talking about looking at the worst case scenario and just determining in your mind even if that happens I will not be afraid I just don't care people the worst thing that can happen to you is you'll die and go to heaven isn't that horrible I mean honestly let's get a clue here that's the worst thing that can happen to you we never lose you might suffer. That's, that's really the problem. Most of us don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. I'm as much of a girly man as the next guy. I hate suffering. But a lot of times, you got to suffer. In fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit, the Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long suffering. It means suffering for a long time. Nobody likes it. We all pray, Lord, give me love. Give me joy. Give me peace. I could really do without the long suffering. Actually, the first time I ever preached this message off this text was uh, some years ago. I don't know, it must have been eight, nine years ago, something like that. It was here in Green Bay in this sanctuary. It looked a little different then, but it's because my wife had just been told by the doctors, my wife and I told that she had cancer. And I, I want you to know, that is scary stuff. So, well, Mark, what did you do? Well, the first thing I did was cry, which is normal. Everybody can cry. Everybody can freak. I always allow myself a good 24-hour to 48-hour freak-out period. <laughs> I do. I just do. I'm as human as the next guy, you know. I just, you know, those who are close to me know, you know, when stuff hits the fan, you know, Mark is just, ah! And I do this, you know, this emotional ungluing. Like, but I don't stay there. I know the whole time I'm freaking out. Okay, I just got to get it out. I just got to get it out. I can't stay here, though. This is passing. This is just an emotional outburst. You have to get to a place of faith. And we had to make a conscious decision. We're not going to be afraid. And I'll tell you, when the doctor tells you that the love of your life has cancer and that there's a good chance if everything goes well, she might make it five years. 
Maybe. It's hard not to be afraid. But I knew it. We can't be afraid. We pray and say, Father, we trust you for a miracle. We believe you will deliver us. But then you have to turn. I had to turn and look at that fear in my life. That worst case scenario. My wife dying. And say, but even if he does not. We refuse to bow. We refuse to bend. I refuse to be afraid. We're not going to bend to fear in the situation. Worst case scenario. Well, she might die. She might All these thoughts come running in. She might die. She might die. I know. I get it. I don't care. I'm not going to live in fear. We're not going to live in fear. Our God will deliver us. But even if he does not, we will not bend. We will not bow. We will not be afraid. And I'll never forget that. As I was praying by myself. And I'm saying to God, God, we're trusting you. And I refuse to be afraid. And he starts, well, what did this happen? And I said, I don't care. I don't care. Now, I tell you, that just drives the devil crazy. I'm convinced of it. He's got to think, boy, this guy is really stupid. You know, when his biggest weapon is fear. And you come up to someone and the only way you can control them is with fear. And you say, you know what? This is going to really, 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 really hurt. And you're thinking, I just want to fill with fear. And he goes, okay. You might die. And he can go, okay. Well, this might take a long time. And you go, okay. Ugh, that's got to be frustrating to the devil. I'll tell you what. We need to frustrate the devil. I began to pray and I remember praying, Father, we're going to trust you. I'm not going to be afraid. And all these thoughts come in. I said, cancer, let go of my wife. I'm not afraid of you. And it was the weirdest thing. It's like these thoughts just come flying out of nowhere into my head. It's like that things that are talking to me. I mean, I'm not crazy. I'm just telling you it was bizarre. You're praying and you say, cancer, we're not afraid of you. And it's like it shot back and said, ha, I'm a big cancer. You're doomed. I said, no, you're not. You're just a stupid spirit of infirmity. And again, it shot back in my head again like, you don't understand, idiot. I'm cancer. And I'll never forget praying. I said, I don't care if you're Elvis. (laughs) We refuse to be afraid. Just not going to do it. Not going to do it. Refuse. And it was like that thing broke. I'm telling you, I could just feel it break. The frustration. (laughs) He doesn't get it. Now we get it. We decided to walk in a place of faith. Being free from fear now allows you to be in a place where you can trust God for a miracle. Because fear isn't sucking the life out of you anymore. All of a sudden you're and, and you start trusting God. When you don't care, the worst thing that can happen, you can just trust God. It is so liberating. It is so freeing. It is so powerful, I'm telling you. And of course, we got a lot of static from people because we weren't rocking around all freaked out. The doctors would chew us out because they would tell us about how horrible this could be and this could happen, this could happen. And we just sat there smiling. One doctor says, I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. No, we get it, dead. Jeez, take a pill. Good night. I don't know what they think is going to accomplish. You know, it's like they want you to be afraid. Nitwits. Family members who would chew us out. You're not taking this seriously enough. <laughs> because everybody would get mad that we weren't all freaked out. Were we concerned? Absolutely. 
Were we afraid? Nope. Why? Worst thing happens, we die, go to heaven. Sadly, rather than having faith in the midst of our troubles, most of us cry, God, why did you forsake me? Remember, the first thing these guys said, King, if you throw us into the fiery furnace, our God will deliver us. Even if he does not, we don't care. Think of the scenario. Number one, if you throw us in, our God will deliver us. If you throw us in, our God will deliver us. We would never pray that way. We would say, our God will deliver us, so you can't throw us in. Come on. That's the way we think. And we think the minute somebody throws us in, God, what happened? Why did you let this happen to me? And we freak out. That's why we don't get miracles. We're mad. We're freaked out because things didn't go. We think that faith means nothing bad will happen to you. Wrong. Wrong. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's, 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 they don't put those in the promise boxes, that one. A little promise verses you pull out, you know, you're going to have a lousy day. What kind of promise is this? I'm going to have tribulation. What kind of promise is that? So in this world, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good of cheer. I've overcome the world. Cheer up, boys. Cheer up, girls. You're going to have rough times. Icky things are going to happen to you. Why should we cheer up? Because I can beat it all. You see, nothing is impossible with God. You know, we talk about the great miracles of the Bible. You know, Daniel getting thrown into the lion's den and the lion's mouths were shut. And wow, that's so cool. We talk about Paul and Silas being thrown into prison and a miracle comes and an earthquake shakes and and they're freed from the prison. We talk about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. We go, woo, such cool miracles. But we forget you had to get in a place of needing a miracle to start with. Everybody wants miracles, but nobody wants to need one. Daniel thrown in the lion's den. Cool miracle. Bad news is he got thrown in the lion's den. Right? All of us, we've been praying. Nope, he ain't going to throw me in the lion's den. Nope, I'm trusting God. I ain't going to no lion's den. Nope, God's going to save me. God ain't no one. And all of a sudden, ah! Right there, a lot of us were like, Okay, eat me. Just eat quick. God's forsaken me. I prayed I wouldn't go in and now I'm in. No, no, no. That's the deal. You go in first. Then the miracle comes. Talk about Paul and Silas being freed from their chains. Was that ever cool? Absolutely. The bad news is you get arrested, you get the dickens kicked out of you and thrown into jail. The minute that happened to us, we <laughs> Ouch. Ouch, I really hurt. They hit me. Ow! If God had been with me, that would have never happened. That's what we think. No, no, no. Sometimes you get kicked. Sometimes they just snap you upside the head. Sometimes they just, just wail on you. Then the miracle comes. We talk about Lazarus being raised from the dead. What a cool day that had to be. Jesus comes into town, there's Lazarus cooking in a grave for three days. He says, roll away the stone. He said, no, don't do it. He stinks by now. I don't care, roll it away. 
So they roll it away. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And the guy comes hopping out of the grave. How cool is that? I hope they got TiVo in heaven because I want to rewind some of that stuff. I want to see. I want to see some of these stuff. That had to be so cool. We think, how great is that? How, yeah, but the bad news is you got to be dead first. Well, we don't like that. Remember Jesus or uh, Lazarus' sister got on Jesus. Why'd you let this happen? Why'd you let this happen? If you'd have been here, this would happen. One of the most amazing miracles in the Bible is because he let it happen and called him out. Don't get mad at God when you get in trouble. Your trouble is an opportunity for God to show off his glory. I've been teaching on Wednesday nights. I encourage you to come out on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights we do basically just a big Bible study. On Sunday mornings I preach topically. In other words, I take a topic, a verse or two, and then I tell you what I think. On Wednesday nights we just look at what the Bible thinks. I still tell you what I think about it, but, but it's more about, we go verse by verse through the Bible. It's a great way for you to learn the Bible. A lot of you are completely clueless about the Bible. You don't know jack about the Bible. Come on Wednesday nights. It's a Bible study. We study the Bible. So you can go leave your own. Oh, I'm starting to get it. And, and, and bring your Bibles. You don't need to bring your Bibles on Sunday mornings because we've got the big Bible in the sky, you know, up here. But, uh, um, you know, bring your Bibles on Wednesday nights so you can actually follow along and see, you know, well, I'm talking, what came before that? What's coming after that? Where are we going? What was the context? They were saying things. It's a great time uh, to get in. But we've been studying James. And one of the things James is teaching us, it says, quit freaking out when things go lousy in your life. In fact, he says, count it all joy. Joy. Count it all joy. The implication, the word he uses is the word that they use for celebrating, like having a party. When was the last time you had a party? Call a bunch of people over and say, Come on over, we're going to celebrate. Really, what happened? My life stinks. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're having my life stinks party. Everything's horrible. Yeah, the doctor says I'm going to die and I got no money and we're just going to get together and have a great time. <laughs> That's faith. That's saying to fear, I don't care. Even if he does not, I will not bend, I will not bow, I will not freak out. <laughs> don't be afraid, the worst thing that can happen is you die, you go to heaven to be with Jesus. Truth is, we don't want to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Because we don't really want to have our faith tested, that's really the key. But you know what, you don't get to decide whether or not your faith gets tested. I guarantee you, your faith will get tested. Question is, are you going to pass the test? Are you going to pass the test? Are you going to, are you going to fail? Let's get into a place of faith in this church. And by the way, when you hear somebody has cancer or something like some of the ladies in our church last week or so, you know, because we've been through this, don't come up to them all freaked out. <laughs> You have cancer, how horrible! It must be horrifying! That's not really helpful. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, we get it, You're, you feel for us. But that does, you know, we're trying to get in a place of faith. I remember people coming up to us, they were more freaked out than we were. And they, you know, it's like, whoa, that wasn't helpful. And some people, you know, they're, they're coming up ready to plan the funeral for you. I kid you not, you should have heard some of the things we heard. You know, we'll be there for her, and if she dies, we'll be there. You know, so, well, get away from me! <laughs> I guess why I preached this sermon. My main motive when I first preached this sermon was to tell everybody to get away. If you're afraid, stay away from me. If you're afraid, stay away from my wife. We don't need that. 
All we need is people who say, you know, we're going to trust God with you. We're going to believe God with you. We're going to trust that. That I want to hear all day long. My wife and I have been fasting and praying for We're trusting God. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I want to hear. Quit being so afraid. Everybody's so freaking out all the time. Goodness, I'm going to talk more about this next day. I'm going to share some stories in my life. Uh, prepare to be entertained. But uh, next Sunday. And I want you to see we live this stuff. We live this stuff all the time in our lives. And it always starts with, I'm not going to be afraid. I refuse to be afraid. I'm going to ask our ushers to come at this time. The musicians can come back up on the platform here and as well down at the cafe. Get ready for our time of communion. Now remember, I'm not advocating that by saying, I don't care that you're giving up. I'm not talking about two different things. I'm saying, I don't care. I refuse to be afraid. That's the difference. Remember, you can't get to a miracle if you don't need a miracle. Don't get mad when you need the miracle. This is a testing of your faith. This is an opportunity for you to trust God. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. Look, the reality is sometimes people do suffer their whole life. Why doesn't God answer that prayer? I don't know. But God is still God. Something else is happening you're not aware of. Sometimes people die. So what, if you, what if you trust God and you die? Well, you better not die not trusting God. <laughs> people have other thinking sometimes. This will not help you at all in the afterlife. Sometimes people, I, I got news for you. Bad news. You're all going to die. All of you here someday are going to die. You know, because some of us are hoping for the rapture. <laughs> You know, get out in a flash, zing, because I don't want to hurt. Everybody checks out. It's just a matter of when. Let's trust God. Winning or losing. You always win, though. You never lose. I mean, you may not always get what you want, but just, I'm telling you what, I would rather be sick and die without fear than to be locked up in fear. Fear is debilitating. And I know some of y'all, you're afraid of everything. Everything. You're just constant state of fear in your lives. Let me encourage you, get loose of that stuff. Most of you spend the majority of your time worrying about things that never happen. You rehearse things that never happened in your life. You go over it and over it and over it. What about this? What about this? Ah, 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 ah. And none of it ever happens. I don't want to waste my life being afraid about things that aren't going to happen. I want to trust God. My God will deliver me even if he doesn't. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. That's usually when God delivers you. When you can get to that place. The greatest step of faith you can make is by surrendering your heart to Jesus. To say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he died to take away my sins. His body was broken so you could be whole. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sin. That's what we celebrate when we do communion. Before we receive communion this morning, I want to ask all of us to bow our heads together in this congregation as well as out in the cafe or those watching by television. I want you to pray a prayer with me. I want you to take this very first step in your, of faith in your life. Maybe you've never even done this most basic step where you surrender your heart to God. You say, well, I'm afraid. 
I'm afraid what somebody will think. I'm afraid what my family will think. I'm afraid what my friends will think. I'm afraid what my husband will think. You got to get free from fear. Fear will always keep you away from God. You've got to have an attitude. I'm going to trust God. No matter what happens, I do not care. I will not be afraid. I'm going to step out. If you'll step out and take this first step of faith in your life this morning, I'm going to encourage everybody to pray with us. Uh, But if this is the first time you do this, if you truly mean this today, you can open your heart and experience God in a way you've never thought possible. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I choose to say no to fear and yes to faith right now so I can freely receive your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.